ثلاثة اثنان واحد Assalamu alaikum everybody and a very warm welcome back to another episode of the Arabic in 60 Steps podcast. Hope you guys are having an amazing day. So once again we're doing another episode of this wildlife series, or it's not actually wildlife this time as we're doing a domesticated animal, so not really wildlife, but um, as it's an animal in the Quran, still counts. So in this episode we're doing the dog. Um, obviously this whole series is kind of inspired by um, the 3rd of March, which, which was World Wildlife Day. And uh, as a big enthusiast of conservation of wildlife, I thought it would be nice for us to do maybe eight episodes throughout the month of March about different animals that um, that we find in the Qur'an. Um, we've done various animals so far. If you haven't seen those episodes, and there's four that come before this episode, we have talked about the ant, the elephant, the whale... And the spider, I believe, the last four episodes. But today, we are talking about the dog. So before we get into um, a couple of the ayat in which Allah talks about the dog, um, I'd just like to announce that there are still five spaces left on the exclusive Arabic in 60 Steps program. And I also want to congratulate the students who have secured their spaces. So Brother Farouk, Brother Rashid, um, and Sister Asima as well. So may Allah bless you guys and congratulations for getting your places on the program. Uh, all three of those students are all in the USA as well, which kind of gives you a bit of an indication that we will be accommodating um, more USA time zones in our live sessions as well. So any of you guys over the pond who were considering it and weren't too sure if your time zones were going to be accommodated, um, that's a pretty strong indicator that, um, yeah, they will be. So, because um, two of the students are, are East Coast and then another one of the students is a little bit further inland, but um, still still Eastern time-ish. Anyway, so that's it. Um, if you want to know, if you want to learn any more about the exclusive program, um, the the key facts, the most important things for you to know are that first and foremost, it's um, it is exclusive, and there's only going to be eight spaces. Although if we get five uh, by the end of the month, then I'll still run it. So there is a chance that the class could be as small as five people. Good. Um, and then basically, I'm taking you guys under my wing for about three months, and um, I'm making it my responsibility and my goal to graduate you in that time. So um, you will be mentored and you'll be looked after through the whole Arabic in 60 Steps program, start to finish by myself. And um, yeah, and we'll probably have maybe four or five hours a week of contact time. So that will obviously be through the whole of Ramadan as well. So there'll be loads of opportunities to benefit and increase your Arabic language knowledge, um, you know, for the for the next sort of three months. So it's a really exciting opportunity that I've never run before, um, but I'm really excited about it and really looking forward to having some more of you guys in the uh, in the team. So that's everything for the announcement. Um, for the link to that, um, to the website where you can have, um, where you find out all the information about it, will be in the show notes. If you're watching this on YouTube, it'll be in the description. If you go to my Instagram, it'll be in my bio. It's, it's the only thing that I have open at the moment. So any links that you see anywhere on any of my social media um, will all be to the exclusive page. So over there, you'll be able to find out what exactly you'll learn, what exactly you'll get out of it, how you can secure your place on it. Um, all kinds of questions like that, how the lessons will be delivered, what you'll get access to, all, all, all kinds of stuff like that that you might want to ask, um, that'll be there. So without further ado, let's have a little talk about the dog or the kelb. El kelbu is the dog and the plural of which is el kilab, um, which is the, the dogs. Um, good. So, um, so what about the dog? What about the dog? Um, isn't it true that Muslims don't like dogs? Um, no, that, that isn't true. Um, uh, the the only reason why Muslims don't tend to have pet dogs is that the the saliva of the dog is what we call nejis, um, or it invalidates your wudu. Um, if you've done ablution to prepare for your for your for your daily prayers or your salah, um, and a dog licks you or you have saliva of a dog on you, then um, then that um, that nullifies your wudu. Um, but it doesn't mean it doesn't necessarily it doesn't mean that Muslims think that dogs are inherently evil or that um, or that they're bad. 
in fact, it can, you know, in fact, it can be very good to use dogs for practical things, you know, having dogs as guide dogs or having dogs as, um, whatever, hunting dogs even, and things like that are, um, are, are cases where dogs can be very useful. So, um, good. So how many times is the dog mentioned? The dog's mentioned more than the spider, actually, um, even though we did that earlier. So there's about five times where Allah mentions the dog in the Quran, and four of those times are all in one surah. Um, they're all in surah al kahf um, there's a story of the people of the cave, and they have a pet dog. Um, these people do. Um, the only time outside of Surah Al-Kahf, um, when Allah mentions the dog, is in this parable that's in Surah Al-A'raf. That's the seventh Surah of the Qur'an. It's Ayah 174, 75 or 76, I think it is. Well, 170-something anyway, you could, you could find it. And there's a parable of the dog where, um, where Allah is saying that... Um, yeah, um, it's a parable of a dog, how a dog will pant whether you chase it or not. Um, it's kind of similar to how how some people will believe or they will not believe, regardless of how you warn them or not. Um, that, that's the case with some people. But anyway, um, there's one particular area um, in Surah Al-Kahf, um, one three of these five mentions of the dog in the Qur'an all occur in one ayah. So it makes sense for us to focus on that one ayah for this episode. So in Surah Al-Kahf, um, in ayah 18, there is an ayah where, where Allah mentions the dog once. So I'll just, I'll just let you know about that ayah, and then we'll move into the ayah where Allah actually mentions the dog three times, and we'll talk about the language in it, sort of word for word. So um, in ayah 18, where Allah says, وَكَلْبُهُمْ بَاسِطٌ ذِرَاعِهِ بِالْوَصِيدِ This is sort of, وَكَلْبُهُمْ and their dog. You'll notice that this hum is on the end of the term kelb, four of the five times that Allah mentions the dog in the Qur'an. And, um, you know, it's always a dog belonging to somebody, which is fitting, isn't it, as, a, as, as an animal which is domesticated. So, and their dog, وَكَلْبُهُمْ بَاسِطٌ ذِرَاعَيْهِ بِالْوَصِيدٌ That expression sort of means that the dog is stretching out its arms. Um, yeah, the, the, the dog is stretching out its arms. Um it's talking about the state in which the, the people were asleep in the cave, and the dog was asleep as well in the cave. But um, if we fast forward to the 22nd ayah, um, Allah Azza wa Jal says, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, He says, um, سَيَقُولُونَ ثَلَاثَةٌ رَابِعُهُمْ كَلْبُهُمْ وَيَقُولُونَ خَمْسَةٌ سَادِسُهُمْ كَلْبُهُمْ وَيَقُولُونَ سَبْعَةٌ ثَامِنُهُمْ كَلْبُهُمْ رَجَمًا بِالْغَيْبِ So what does Allah say? So, سَيَقُولُونَ so, yaquluna comes from the verb qala, um, which means to say something. And yaqulu in the present tense is he said. Yaquluna is the plural. Um, they say. And this sa at the beginning puts something in the future. Um, you put that little sa at the beginning of any verb and it will put it into the future tense. Um, it means the same as sofa. Um, sofa puts things in the future as well. So, yaquluna. So, they will say. Thalathatun. All of this is going on in, in a discussion about how many people there were in the cave, right? There was always a discussion about how many how many were the people of the cave. And um, so it's saying, they say three. They say there were three. ثَلَاثَةٌ رَابِعُهُمْ The fourth of them. رَابِعْ means the fourth. So when we kind of put a number into this fa'il pattern, we end up with the ordinal number. So we're saying the, you know, the third, the fourth, the fifth, etc. So if we took the, the number thalatha, meaning three, uh, and we said thalith, it would mean the third. Good. So what's going on here? So what's happening here is that they're saying that it's, some of them are saying 
ثَلَاثَةٌ Some of them are saying that there's three people. رَابِعُهُمْ كَلْبُهُمْ And the fourth of them was their dog. It's saying that there were three people, but the fourth one was the dog. Okay, now we go to an opinion of some other people who said, وَيَقُولُونَ We've already learned about يَقُولُونَ They say, خَمْسَةٌ سَادِسُهُمْ كَلْبُهُمْ So some others say, خَمْسَةٌ Some of them say five. سَادِسُهُمْ كَلْبُهُمْ that the saddest, that the sixth among them was their dog. So so they say three, but the fourth one is their dog. And others say there's five of them and the sixth of them is their dog. Good. Um, the, this word saddest catches a lot of students off guard. Okay, so you would, to get the ordinal numbers from the from the normal or cardinal numbers, we call them, we go from thalathaton, three, thalithon, to the third. Right, arba is four. Rabir is the fourth. The number five is khamsa, and the fifth be khamis. So, what about the number sitta, which is what six is? You would expect us to get something like sertit or something like that, but we don't. The actual root letters of sitta are seen del and seen. So, the sixth is asadis. So that's why it is. The sixth of them is their dog. Good. And they say seven. Some, so, so another group of people, they say that, that say the people of the cave were seven. The eighth of them is their dog. Right? So you kind of have all these different people, all kind of you know, put, put, putting out their views that some some of the people said there was three and the fourth of them was their dog. Some of them were saying there's five and the sixth of them was their dog. And then some of them were saying there's seven and the eighth of them was their dog. And then, but what does Allah say about say about all of this? He says, This expression, means casting stones in the dark. Um, th- casting in the dark, right? They're... they're so let's talk about the individual words, actually, to kind of um, shed some more light on it. So, rajamen is, is for things to be cast, right? Hence why we say, when we talk about shaitan, or Satan, we talk about him being shaitan rajim, a shaitan rajim, that he is the, the cast out shaitan, right? He's the cast out Satan. Bil ghaib. So, by the al ghaib means the unseen, or the absent. Um, it's kind of a, a meaning that comes from that same root. I think I've mentioned on this podcast before how, like in the Arab world, even in university, like when they, they they do like a register at the beginning of a class, and if you're present, then it's hadir, but if someone's absent, then it's ghaib, and ghaib is from this same root um, as, as the word al-ghaib. But, but in the Quran, the term al-ghaib is used to mean the, the unseen world, things that you can't see, things like angels and jinn and you know, things like that. So um, so that is the ayah for us to talk about today. So I'll read through it one more time for us to kind of pick out the language in it. So, Very nice. So another note on numbers, actually. This is quite a nice kind of segue into talking about numbers. I was talking to one of the other students today about numbers. Um, a student called Luqman messaged me. But um, so numbers can be some of the most grammatically challenging parts of the Arabic language. Um, there's some quite funky rules, really, that, um, you know, and the, the, the numbers that we've been dealing with in this lesson, even in my introduction, when I gave a little three, two, one, 
into the beginning of the podcast, um, we notice that we're dealing with numbers sort of from 1 to 10 in this, ep- in this episode, right? And numbers from 1 to 10 have their own rules. And one of the rules that applies from the numbers from 3 to 10 is that they take what we call reverse gender. So you'll notice that there's a tetmod border on the end of these numbers whenever we've used them in this lesson. Even in the beginning when I said thelethetun, okay, I said thelethetun, there's a tetmod border on the end, making the number three feminine. And when we see it in this area as well, we see thelethetun, and we see khumsetun, and we see sabatun. So the reason why those are feminine is because the thing that they're counting would be masculine, right? And usually, like, even when you learn to count, you, you learn, like, even when children, my, my son at school, he's learning to count in Arabic at the moment, and, like, like you learn the numbers in the feminine from three to ten, right? Thalatha, arba'a, khamsa, you know, sitta, sab'a, thamaniya, you learn the air on the end of all of them. And it's because, kind of, the, the default is that you'd be counting something that's masculine. So that's why they have a tetmod bolt on the end, to have a reverse gender with the thing that they're counting. So, um, so that's why all of them have a have a tetmod bolter, is if the thing that they're counting is masculine, and they're saying three of something, or four of something, or five of something, and the sort of the default case in, in the Arabic language is that things are masculine unless there's a reason to know otherwise. Good, but that doesn't, that, that, that's not the case with one and two though. One and two have their own, have their own rules. Um, which is why, um, which is why I didn't use the feminine of um, of ifnan or the feminine of wahid. Um, good. Um, so I think that's it. Um, I think that's it for this episode. I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, the dog particularly was one that I wanted to do because I'm I'm kind of fascinated with our relationship with dogs. You know, like I, I, a little while ago, maybe I don't know, a few months ago, I finished reading Sapiens, and um, this book called Sapiens is a really interesting. Um, theoretical history of, of humans and um, there's a section in it which is really fascinating about our relationship with dogs um, though we've probably had domesticated dogs for like 15,000 years which is a bit of a madness really like where we're so we're so ingrained in each other's progress as species it's it's really fascinating but um but anyway so that's everything for this episode i hope you've enjoyed it and if you did please don't forget to um give it a like if uh, if you're listening to this on youtube or whatever podcast your platform you're on i mean i think you guys on itunes can can give me a rating and a review, can't you? If you guys can do that, I very, very much appreciate that. Um, or even if you don't, I appreciate you very much for lending me your ear. And um, see you guys in the next one. In the next episode, we'll be talking about the bumblebee. Um, so we're going back down to another very small one. Inshallah, talking about the bumblebee, the next lesson. But um, lastly, I'll just finish off with saying that all of the links, um, or the, the only link that you'll need to get a place on the Arabic in 60 Steps exclusive program will be in the show notes below. And uh, see you guys in the next one. We'll be talking about the bumblebee. Assalamu alaikum, everybody. Have a great day.